4: Okay, Cupcake, say ah. Ah. Erg. Were they actually feeding each other? Seriously? How was I meant to concentrate on the movie with them doing that? Ugh, gross. Annoyed, I stood up, tipped my bucket of popcorn on their heads, then walked off. Don't panic. I'm not a crazy person. They weren't some random couple. Nope. I know them. The girl, Shelly? She's my best friend. For as long as I can remember, it was just me and her. Best friends against the world. But then one day, this guy, Leon, showed up out of nowhere, and boom! They started dating. Do you know what the worst thing was? This Leon guy was two years younger than me. He was so immature, seriously. Every time I made plans with Shelly, he tagged along, too. Suddenly, my phone rang. It was Shelly. I rolled my eyes as I answered, knowing she'd be furious. Peter, how could you? I keep finding popcorn in my hair. It's gross. You're so childish. Yeah, yeah, whatever. She was the one who turned me into a third wheel for our scheduled movie night. I ended the call. I was done talking to her. That's when I saw the news article pop up on my phone. There was a weather warning for a freak magnetic storm. It was advising everyone to stay at home and turn all technological devices off. Well, that was fine by me. It's not like I wanted to stay out anymore anyway. So I went home and went straight to sleep. The next morning, I woke up and, huh? Why was my dad sitting at the end of my bed? I rubbed my eyes and asked him what was up. He seemed lost in thought, but then he put his hand on my shoulder and said, Nothing, son. If you feel like you want to talk, I'm here for you. I understand. Then he left my room. Huh? What was that all about? I went downstairs for breakfast. That's when I heard my granny say, I will prove to you guys that he's not. Then I heard Dad say, Mother, it's no big deal. Even if it's true, he's still our Peter. But when I walked into the kitchen, they all fell silent and gawped at me. I said, Um, hey, you guys, what's the topic? Then my mom replied while passing me a plate of pancakes, Nothing, son. Even my younger sister, Lena, was acting strange. She gave me this weird smile, then shook her head. Okay, this was odd, but I just shrugged it off and ate my breakfast. Afterward, Mom asked me to help her out in the rock garden. Yeah, sure, I mean, it's not like I had anything better to do. Now, let me tell you, those rocks are way heavier than they look. As I struggled to carry one, I puffed out to Mom, Where do you want this? It's so heavy. Can you call out Dad to help? Shaking her head, she said, No, you can do it. You're not a weak boy. Then she continued to direct me to carry the pile of rocks all over the garden. I carried on until I had jelly arms and couldn't manage it anymore. I told Mom I needed to take a break and began to head inside. She shouted after me, No, you can do it by yourself. You're a big, strong boy. I didn't get it. Why couldn't she see that I was exhausted? That's when I spotted Shelly peering at me over the fence. She smiled, then waved me over. Hang on. Wasn't she still in a mood with me? So what had changed? Whatever. I needed to escape mom, so I went over to her. She apologized for yesterday, then asked me if I wanted to go shopping. I agreed. Anything to get me out of lugging more rocks about. As I walked over to Shelly's car, I spotted my neighbor standing outside of his house. I smiled over at him, but he gave me this odd look, then started giggling. I quickly looked down at my pants. Nope, I hadn't forgotten to do my zip-up, so why was he laughing at me? I was thinking about how weird everyone was being as I got into the car. Then I thought out loud, maybe it's the storm? It's sent everyone bonkers. Then I told Shelly about all of the crazy things that had been going on. She nodded and said, yeah, it must be down to the storm. Hmm, well, it didn't make sense, because I'd read about magnetic storms and how they could impact people's moods and stuff. At the mall, we went into a shop and I helped her choose some clothes to try on. I picked up a purple dress and told her it was a lovely color when suddenly my granny jumped up out of nowhere and said, no, you don't love it. Follow me, I'll get you some new clothes. Then before I could work out what was going on, she was pulling me out of the shop. I was so confused. Granny, why are you here? Did you follow me? She smiled up at me and replied, Peter, darling, don't blame me for wanting the best for you. Huh? This was strange, but okay. I was about to get new clothes, so I didn't think I needed to question more about it. We ended up in this vintage shop, and I felt like I'd stepped into a time loop. All the items were from the 80s or even older. She started grabbing items off the rails and saying things like, Ooh, I like this one, and You'll look very handsome in this. This wasn't my style, but Granny looked so excited and I didn't want to hurt her feelings. So yeah, I ended up trying the clothes on. I looked ridiculous. Granny seemed delighted. She gasped, clapped and exclaimed, oh my, you're such a handsome boy, while Shelly was trying her hardest not to laugh. After that, we all went home and yep, I was wearing the funny outfit. Everyone was pointing and laughing at me, but Granny seemed oblivious to this. She just smiled and said, All the girls will fall for you now. (laughs) Yeah, right. I doubt it. Later on, I was in my room minding my own business when my phone beeped. Hey, I go to the same college as you. I saw you yesterday and I like your style. Do you want to hang out sometime? Lily, X. Huh? Was this someone's idea of a joke? I didn't know this number, nor this lily girl. What was going on? The magnetic storm had sent everyone loopy, and I seemed the only sane one left. I immediately texted back that I wasn't interested, but geez, this girl was stubborn, and she wouldn't stop messaging me. Over the next few days, Granny's bizarre behavior continued. It was stressing me out. She kept giving odd looks in my direction and muttering stuff to Mom about me but then one time she actually followed me when I was on my way to the shop and asked me why I wasn't in the outfit she'd bought for me. When I told her it was in the wash, she looked upset, shook her head, and mumbled out something about how I'd never find a nice young lady in my scruffy clothes. I tried messaging Shelly about it, but you guessed it, she was too busy with Leon to talk. So, in my loneliness, I turned to Lily. She was really sweet and said that my granny was probably just having an old people crisis as the same thing happened with her gram, and that we should meet in the park and discuss it. I agreed to meet her, and while I was waiting for her to show up, this guy with movie star looks walked over. At first, I thought he was going to ask me for directions or something, but then he said in a flirty voice, Hey, you're on time. Then before I could say anything, he continued, It's me, Lily. Um, what was going on? This was insane. I asked him, Okay, so what game are you playing at? He looked confused, then shook his head and said, well, I just want to hang out with you. Then he came closer to me and leaned on my shoulder. I pushed him away and stepped back. Oh no, I'm not gay. He frowned at me, then shouted out, What? You are. Everyone knows that you are. I stood there feeling puzzled, when who should show up but my sister Lena. I asked her, what the hell are you doing here? With a Cheshire Cat grin on her face, she said, Just testing out if you're gay or not. And I have the answer. You're not. Now I'll have to tell Mom and Granny. Then she pulled out her phone. I grabbed her hand and said, Hold on. What? Gay? Who said that? What's going on? I'm talking about the rumor. A couple of days ago, the neighbor told Mom that you're gay. Dad was cool about it, but Mom and Granny didn't take it well. Anyway, I told them I'd find out for sure. At first, I thought you were because you weren't interested in Lily, but now... She looked at the guy. My friend Robbie confirmed you're not. Okay, this was crazy, but where did this rumor come from? I asked my sister, and she replied, Oh, they heard it from Leon. Leon? Hmm. This was suspicious. So I went over to Shelly's for answers. As soon as she opened the door, I rose my eyebrow and asked her. So, Shelly, everyone thinks I'm gay and apparently it's down to something Leon said. Would you happen to know anything about this? She blushed. Peter, I'm sorry. Leon was so jealous of you that I ended up telling him you were gay, just so he'd be cool with us hanging out. I gritted my teeth in anger, then yelled, I can't believe you ruined our friendship over that guy. So you'd rather spread wrong rumors about me than put some actual sense into your ridiculous boyfriend's head? You're so selfish. Well then, go live happily ever after with him as you wish. I'll stay out of your way. Then I hurried off. Later, she tried to call me, but I just turned off my phone. The next morning, I woke up and checked my social media to see a notification from Shelly pop right up. She had written a long post to tell everyone the truth and to apologize to me. Perplexed, I came downstairs to grab breakfast while considering if I should forgive her. Then I saw sitting in the living room was Shelly. Mom said she'd come over since early morning to apologize to me and my family. Come, dear, she knows what she did wrong, Mom whispered to me before leaving us two alone. Shelly came right up to me. Peter, I'm really sorry for being a jerk. You're my best friend, and Leon will just have to like it or lump it. I can get another boyfriend, but I never want to lose a friend like you. She spread out her arms. I hesitated. Then we eventually hugged it out. So Shelly and I are best friends again. My family, well, they're back to normal levels of craziness. Yeah, it wasn't cool of Shelly to start a rumor about me, but so what if it turned out I was gay? I've told Granny and Mom this. I guess they're both just old-fashioned and need to get with the times a bit more and realize that it doesn't matter if I like girls or boys, as either way, I'm still me, their same old Peter. At the end of the day, yep, I'm that guy who thought that the magnetic storm turned everyone crazy. One thing's for sure, Shelley will never let me forget this.
1: My name's Pete, and I grew up in a rickety shack in the middle of a rich suburb, Dad had been offered multiple times by the rich newcomers to buy his land, but he never sold, despite the high offers. He was waiting for the price to skyrocket. You know, son, in matters of investment, you gotta hold. If you hold long enough, the thing you hold on to increases in value exponentially. Dad saved every penny that he could spare. For the rainy day, he always used to say. He was a regimented man. He did everything by the book. Everything had to be in its place. He always drilled into me how I needed to divide my life into segments and achieve specific goals. School, job, dating, marriage, children. And out of all those, he emphasized the importance of a stable nine-to-five. You mustn't aim higher or you'll only fail. The rich will stay rich, and us poor folk need to keep our heads down. For all his steadfastness, what he forgot is that the house's value could also go to the complete, opposite way. Thanks to an ingenious scheme that our rich neighbors came up with, our plot of land became wetter and wetter every year. The first house to do it were the Manderleys. They were a bunch of snobs who came down from the city when they heard our school district was the best in the country. Mummy, who are those poor people living next to our mansion? Shoo! Son, don't look at them! Poverty is contagious! They made a canal where their sink water was dumped into, and it all flowed into our plot. Of course they kept it a secret, and nobody found out until it was too late. The rich guys got fined by the city. But it was too late. Our plot of land became a swamp, and its value was deemed worthless. Dad held on for nothing. I guess that was what broke his spirit. He and Mom just gave up and just lived on a day-to-day basis. They no longer dreamed of a better future. To further humiliate him, our rich neighbors held a charity drive for my dad and us. And during the embarrassing ceremony, the Manderlees made an exaggerated show by offering dad a job at their agency, as a clown for a kid's party. And he took it. He had no other choice. Every household in that suburb hired him. And it hurt to see people laughing. Not because they found him funny, but because he did whatever it took for spare change. And still, he didn't sell the house. So, my whole life, I had to live in a swamp. My classmates called me an ogre because of it. I heard the Manderly kids started the nickname. Every time I passed by, they would plug their noses or pinch them closed and tell me I stunk of swamp. It was one of the most embarrassing moments in my life when I finally got to sit beside my longtime crush in chemistry, and she fainted after she held her breath because she believed the rumor that I smelled bad. I did get to talk to Opal after I took her to the infirmary, and she realized the rumors weren't true. Opal was an outcast, just like me, and so we bonded straight away. We laughed it off and we became friends, so it wasn't all bad. Unfortunately, the entire school only heard about the part where a girl fainted because of my smell. That made me the laughingstock for quite a while. I was called Stinky Petey, and for three whole years, I would battled that nickname. In senior year, I almost won, and some people started calling me Pete again. Until some nosy first year asked someone on the basketball team why there was a graffiti of my nickname in the locker room. Then the joke got told over and over again. Luckily, I had Opal. She never stopped defending me. She grew more beautiful as time passed, and she got rid of her braces. Suddenly, she was popular. Some people even called her the Queen Bee, but she refused the title because she thought it was vain. When a guy from the football team tried to ask her out, she grabbed my hand and pulled me into a surprising kiss in front of everyone. I melted. I felt sparks. Obviously, I dreamed of escaping that life. And it got so frustrating that I couldn't do anything because I was poor. So I condensed all that frustration and all those impossible dreams, and I poured them into something I was good at. I loved to draw. And I loved to tell stories. So whenever I fell down in the dumps, or whenever I wanted to scream, I drew. And I wrote stories. I would make little comic strips about my day or how terrible high school was. And when Opal and I got to hang out, she would beg me over and over until I finally relented and showed her the comics for that week. She would laugh at all of them, and she would feel bad for the main character when the story was a sad one. Either way, the afternoon would end with her wiping tears from her eyes as she begged me for more. You know you have to publish these, right? (laughs) Don't be silly. I'm serious. These are really good. You're just saying that because you're my friend. So you're saying I have no taste? uh, That's not what I'm saying at all. Opa would nag me a lot, but she was always there for me, and she always wanted to see me succeed. She was the only light in my dark life. Not even my parents believed I could achieve anything. One day, as I was walking through the quad, I noticed people laughing and pointing at me. More than usual. And they were looking at their phones. I rifled through the school's group chat, and there they were. My creations. For everyone to see. And laugh at. Opal had betrayed me. They were all laughing. And not because I was funny. They laughed at my drawings. Called me a loser. One girl threw a pickle at my face. (laughs) Ha! Wannabe! I fought battles on two fronts by myself, one at school and the other at home. You're born poor. You'll live the rest of your life poor. That's just life. It's pointless to even try. The rich grow richer, and the poor get poorer. And whenever I would show them my report card or a medal I'd gotten, they'd just brush it off like it meant nothing. Once, when I made the mistake of showing them my drawings, my dad tore them in front of me and threw them into the fireplace. I don't have time to look at your silly scribbling. Can't you see I'm busy figuring out how to pay our bills? Don't bother your dad. Here I am, breaking my back for this family. And you spend good money on paper and paintbrushes. You're wasting all my hard work. You're wasting your time on pointless things. But I had big dreams, and I tried to make them realize that I was serious about making comics. So, I did what Opal told me to do. I published them on a free site where people read webtoons. On my first day, I got one view, and I began doubting myself again. But by the second day, I had a hundred comments on the first chapter I submitted, all of them clamoring for more chapters. I was shamed for my art in real life, and yet, online, I was a star. I gotta admit, living that secret life was... exciting. I ran to the nearest cafe, ordered one coffee so I could get free Wi-Fi, and uploaded as many chapters as that free Wi-Fi would allow. By the end of the month, I had people sending me donations and supporting me because they loved my series so much. A lot of them were kids like me who were struggling at school and had nobody to talk to. At first, I only got something like a hundred bucks a week. But then, my account grew. After a couple of months, I had over a 100,000 subscribers. The money was pouring in. There were donations, tips, subscriptions to my Patreon. I was finally able to make a living out of the thing I loved the most. And the best part? The hype got so big that Netflix wanted to make it into a show. But... It felt hollow. Opal was the reason I kept drawing, and... She wasn't with me. Uh, 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 Hello? We wanted to get your answer about GetFlix acquiring the license for your comic strips. We'd love to start shooting the series as soon as possible. I was gobsmacked. I was half expecting that email to be a scam. Are you still there? Okay, you're a tough negotiator. I said three hundred grand in the email, but we can go as high as half a million for the first season. Sound good? They paid me up front, and I couldn't help myself. I called Opal. She congratulated me, and then she broke down, sobbing. It wasn't me. I swear. I'm so sorry. The Manderly kids took my phone, and when they saw your drawings, they... They told me they'd have your dad fired if I tried to stop them. I ran to Opal's house, and as soon as I saw her, I embraced her and I peppered her with kisses. There's nothing to forgive. They'll get what's coming to them. I wanted to surprise my parents with a huge gift. I was going to buy them a house, and I was going to do it on my 18th birthday. But the night before. My 18th I was out with Opal the whole day, and when I got home, my mom and dad were waiting for me in the living room. Dad took out my tablet and laptop. Where'd you get these, huh? You stealing from us? D- there's nothing to steal. Don't you get smart with me. Been telling you for a year now. Go to your Uncle Howard and work at his shop so you can help us with the bills. And all this time, you've been wasting my your time. My name's Pete. My name's Pete. Doodling? Your dad and I are very disappointed. It's what I love to do. It's my passion, and it's going to be my career. What? Selling scribbles? Wake up, son. You're poor. Your parents are broke. And you will be broke just like us. So stop struggling. Instead of wasting your time, if you just go and work for your uncle... He won't pay you much, but you need a bit of reality check, Peter. You can do nothing on your own, so you might as well help us. I grabbed my stuff from my dad and stomped up the stairs. You better be ready to sell those gadgets if we come up short of the bill this month. I couldn't take it anymore. I packed my bags and snuck out when they thought I was asleep. I took a cab to the fanciest hotel in the city and I splurged for the very first time in my life. I got myself the presidential suite. I tipped every waitress at the Japanese restaurant a thousand bucks, and by the end of dinner, they were feeding me by my hand. I had trays upon trays of dessert sent up to my mom, and I lay on the most comfortable bed I'd ever laid on, surrounded by 30 different dishes that cost over $10,000. I woke up early and went straight to a real estate agency, and I saw that a mansion in the same street as our house was up for sale and I had a wicked smile when I realized that it was the neighbor who was the first to dump water into our lot. I couldn't help but be tempted by a double revenge. As soon as I got home, Mom and Dad began asking me where I'd been. I ignored them. Instead, I started putting my stuff into boxes, and then I moved them to the curb. After a while, the moving company I had hired turned up, and they started moving the boxes and carrying them next door. what are you doing you said i can do nothing by myself so that's what i'm doing very very sweet nothing i flashed my bank account at him and his jaw fell to the ground i've always heard that being homeschooled was boring and i guess sometimes it could be true you don't get to meet a lot of people you don't get to make new friends the only people i know are my parents my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing. See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, mom and dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course, that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks. I was their most important game tester. I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time. And the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that mom and dad let me do what I want. And they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes all the PlayStations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, Whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan. Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out! They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school. And because I begged and begged and promised Mom and Dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone. And I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid. But when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart! I had no idea how to talk to other people, and most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo, and not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release... They would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores. And they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and comic cons just by being my friend. And at first, I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. They would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. (sighs) Why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance. And they acted like angels in front of Mom and Dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever. And in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. I met a pretty girl called Hanako, and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer too, and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love, or at least I did. Because one night, as I was sitting in the dark with my mom, my friends and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad, and they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Happy birthday. I-, I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe! I want you out tonight! Baby, Nora, sweetheart! Calm down, it's nothing. She's just a fling. Come on now, you know how it is with these girls. They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work. I promised her a promotion, that's it. Uh, Excuse me? Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. A fling? You liar! You told me you were going to leave her, for me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together! Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news! I'm the new queen in town! Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy. I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun. As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor... One hand rose up from the crowd, then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. But why is the entire board of directors here? Because I... had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here... because... I took out a small velvet box from my pocket, and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. Well, this was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, uh, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone, but as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanukkah was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do or how to keep going, but someone showed me kindness that night. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For... (laughs) Losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I... I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But, if I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. You've won several international esports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. You're amazing, and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company... We crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time, and she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to new heights, and then my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again, this time to June. She said yes. We're four years married now, and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough, June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little.
2: My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story, I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives my mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited we decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters what we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone at first we only heard strange noises in the house the children would tell me that they saw people walking around at night that the doors would open and close by themselves or that the doorbell would ring by itself I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I could deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first... I was afraid but eventually i began to hear someone humming a familiar song it was the same one my mother used to sing to me when i was little my family didn't seem very convinced of this but i convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way everything was fine for a while we tried to get used to what was going on but things started to get worse some dishes started flying dangerously against us the kids felt constantly watched and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother,
3: who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right?
0: Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls.
3: (laughs) Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? (laughs) Without further words, we started to play.
2: We started asking her simple questions like, if there was someone on the other side or... If she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother,
3: the board went to no, and the mood changed immediately.
0: Alan, it said no.
3: Is my mother with you? Well, can we talk to her?
0: Alan, I don't like this. We should get going.
3: What do you want from us?
0: B. L-O-O-D.
2: Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder and suddenly it launched itself at me. To hell with saying
3: goodbye! Let's go!
2: My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the
3: lullaby.
0: Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go!
3: No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom!
2: Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. I went into the room where we played Ouija, and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room, looking at her, and there she was. My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. That's more than I needed. My mother wasn't here. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. We do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean boy, what? What do you want? Come on, man. Oh my God, tell me. God, Hey guys I hope you're enjoying the video if so please leave a like and also a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed if you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark please consider subscribing it's free and you can change your mind later enjoy this incident happened one Halloween night since then I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house my wife and I couldn't have children of our own hence We generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car.
0: Oh, I think something bad has happened here.
2: So many cops here.
0: Look, the paramedics are coming too.
2: My wife pointed at the ambulance coming our way. And I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween. But now, they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house, and we heard a woman's shrill cry.
0: Oh, God! My son! My poor Liam! Oh, God! I want him back! I want him back! Please!
2: We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body, and Mr. and Ms. Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them.
3: Excuse me, what happened here? Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? Why? What happened? Uh, Their seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement but couldn't find him.
0: That's horrifying. How did they find him then?
3: Well... Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside
2: the cupboard. Samara got emotional, and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home, and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down, Kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door-to-door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating.
0: You know, Jonah, I just realized something today.
2: Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies
3: to a group of kids. What's that, hon?
0: It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now.
2: I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep.
0: That poor kid.
2: We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch a boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face.
3: Hey, kiddo. Why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No.
2: The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween, and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you alright? As the kid lifted his head, I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet, and his eyes were completely
3: black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait
2: here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate
3: for you. Take it and go home. Your
2: parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door
3: and yelled. Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time.
2: I turned on the basement light, but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there. I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bedsheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to
3: go home now.
2: Saying this, I walked to the bedsheets and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. A chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue bangs had appeared on his pale face and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand and I felt his touch. His hands were
3: colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? (laughs) Oh my
2: god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted, and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? how much a traumatic situation can break a child. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than her mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication.
3: Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, What's going on? Why didn't you wake me up?
0: You're having breakfast without me?
3: Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her
2: angry expression didn't change.
3: You were sleeping so peacefully, I I didn't want to... Anyway, uh, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I I just did it to let you rest, I think.
0: Right. I needed to rest, because today is Halloween.
3: But you don't even like to go out.
0: I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy.
3: (laughs) Uh...
2: It was common for me to do that on Halloween. And in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her
3: happy. But that year... I had different plans I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it
0: But what about my candy?
3: I'll buy you some tomorrow It's
0: not the same What are you gonna do then, huh?
2: The truth was that, weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend,
3: to a Halloween party
0: Are you going out with Emma?
3: I'm going out with my friends It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was
2: ready I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house. (laughs) Looks good on you.
0: I was gonna say exactly the same.
2: (laughs) Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away, but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while... We arrived at an old building.
3: It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise.
0: Oh, shut up. Let's have some fun.
2: My friend took me by the hand, and together, we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it.
3: Man, you came! Hey!
0: Let's get to the point, Billy.
3: Where are the drinks? Follow me- Can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back.
2: I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door.
3: Huh? But there's no one... Shit!
2: As a reflex action, I had moved away. But I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again.
3: What the hell? A A fucking mask?
2: The stranger stood still for a few seconds, until suddenly... They launched towards the doorbell camera.
3: Stop it already! (laughs) What's up, Adam? I thought you were going to open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so. Come on, don't you want to dance with Emma?
2: I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam! I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music was quite fun. Until I saw that person again. The broken doll was now inside the house, separated from the other people.
0: What's wrong?
2: I think there is a child at the party.
0: A child?
2: (laughs) In the blink of an eye, my friend's expression changed to one of fear. Uh, Emma? When she fell to the ground, I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso.
3: Uh, Emma! uh, Billy, come here!
2: My friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shhh!
3: What happened? I... I don't know! What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance!
2: I took my cell phone out of one of my pants pockets, but I couldn't concentrate.
3: I... I can't do anything with such loud music! Well then go upstairs, genius!
2: It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way.
0: Did you like what I did to
3: Emma? What the?
2: My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand, so I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, and lock the door.
0: Adam! I need you!
2: I could barely see in there.
0: What the
3: heck? What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you! Is is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police. The police? What for? Forget that. I need you.
0: Let's go for my candy together.
2: My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized.
0: Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. (laughs) You saw it yourself.
2: My sister was too young to go to jail and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma. But that didn't make it any better, as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes, it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.